Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Tara and we are going to talk about Twilight Zone 2019, the new version of Twilight Zone. This is season 1, episode 9, the, penulti- the penultimate the penultimate episode of, of uh, season 1 is called The Blue Scorpion, so full spoilers for the episode as always. And here we go, so Crystal Dowd stars in this one and it's about a gun, it's about a gun with a blue scorpion on the grip and it's got his name on a bullet. And his father commits suicide with this gun before the episode starts. He finds his body and then he's going through a divorce and is generally very kind of stressed. Uh, that's the gist of the episode until we get deeper into the plot. So, Tara, we've not been super fond yes. of uh, of this show, <laughs> uh, this season. It's been it's been a pretty rough ride uh, with ups and yeah, downs. But the even the peak is like scraping like a six. Let's be honest. <laughs> so it's not been a great time. So I ask you this, does this break the streak? For me, it actually does. Yeah, I kind of <gasps> like this episode. <laughs> you like this episode? Yeah, it's not bad. I actually, it uh, went in a direction that I didn't expect. Um, I kept waiting for like the the real, you know, Second Amendment episode. And I didn't really get that from it. And it was still interesting. It kind of reminded me of... Um, uh, was it Mr. Denton on Doomsday that we reviewed for season one of the original? Okay, yeah. Just a little bit of that, I think, might have been an influence. I can see, so, yeah. see a lot what of that you? in there. Um, I'm not as positive. <laughs> um, I don't think it's, ter- I don't think it's, it's, as, bad as, it's not as bad as last week's, right? It's not the worst of the show, by, by any means. No. I, I think my problem comes kind of back again to just some murky messaging. Obviously... There's some messaging at the very end of like, hey, we should probably treat guns responsibly because now two kids have a hold of a gun and maybe disaster will ensue. You know. Yeah, like, he kind of gave it like the Jumanji board game ending by throwing it into the ocean and then some kids find it. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good. That way was of a little that. bit <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, because I that actually was, think that was a little bit predictable. And it, it, to be honest, that was like my least favorite part, even though the message mm. for that was pretty clear. Yeah, I think I think for me, what this episode is about, obviously the the idea of the gun itself is there, but I, I think it's a bit broader than that. It's more about obsessing over objects rather than people, and mm-hmm. how the 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 idea of the gun is kind of the pinnacle of that. Where it, you know, it's become this heated debate about guns versus no guns, and people who care about guns, and well, that's more important than people's lives being saved. And this episode never talks about gun rights, and never talks about anything like that. It just focuses mm-hmm. on the obsession, and doesn't really try to like sway you in one way or the other. It just kind of says, here's what the obsession does. But it is kind of this murky thing where it does kind of save the day. Yeah, I, I agree. On. It. It was like, and it ended up being a really positive thing, which is a spin I didn't expect from it at all. Um, and some of that I didn't really like either. <laughs> it's not that I think that guns are well. I I don't like guns. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. That's hey, but I, I that's did fine. like the obsession over it, and I thought that was gonna be his his doom and, and it wasn't so you're, you're right it is a little bit murky but i did still kind of enjoy it like i enjoyed the performance a lot um mm-hmm. i was pretty into it there were some scenes i didn't really love um that i think could have been cut because they seemed irrelevant sure uh we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll get up into kind of specifics but mm-hmm. I, I think crystal Dowd is pretty good 
but the the murkiness of kind of what it's trying to say by the time the gun actually saves him, and it saves him on his own, on its own, by the way. He doesn't, he doesn't shoot himself. It just kind of happens, kind of. Um, which, I mean, maybe that's kind of the point, is that he didn't, like, try and use it himself. It's just the idea that the gun can be useful. It can be something that's used for safety. It can be something that's used in some way that's, that's not notorious or nefarious, but... Because mm-hmm. um, it, it, it makes him realise he wants to get rid of it. He, you know, he throws it in the water after that. Because he doesn't like guns to begin with. Because uh, Crystal Dodd is still playing... He's still got his accent, right? He's still an Irish character who's living in the US. And he is terrified by the idea of having this gun. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to sell it because he feels weird about making money off of his like dad's suicide. But then he like phones yeah. the dealership. He's like, wait, the blue scorpion? That's worth <laughs> a fortune. That's like a hundred grand you've got there sitting there. Yeah, sell it to me. And he's really against it. But then he's obsessed with this bullet that's got his name on it, right? That's, that's just kind of the, the two Twilight Zone sort of things about this gun is one bullets just randomly have names on them although only the person can see it like you know when someone else looks at the bullet they can't see it and the other thing is that the gun itself seems to have some kind of (sighs) sentience yeah i mean at one point it manifests itself as like a a person yeah the original owner i think that was meant to be yeah um Mm. from cuba so yeah, so you've got that going. But he, he goes to a shooting range at one point because he thinks that if he shoots the one bullet, like the bullet with his name on it, which, because one of the other big things that's running throughout the episode uh, is that the bullet says Jeff, which is his name. But then he's he's going through the episode and almost every new character he meets is also named Jeff. The the, the man who's now with his, with his well, soon-to-be ex-wife, right? Because they're not divorced yet, but uh, like she's dating someone named Jeff. Uh, the, the I don't know if the lawyer was named Jeff. In fact, I think he was. Yeah, it was, he was, yeah. Uh, the guy at the shooting range was named Jeff. The guy who who attacks him at the end is named Jeff, who is the one who actually does eventually get shot. But mm-hmm. is it everyone's named Jeff? And I, I guess if I'm trying to read into what that meant, the idea of having like so many characters named Jeff, and he even points out, this is ridiculous. I'm meeting a new person named Jeff every day. It's a fairly common name, but this is silly. Is maybe the idea that like this bullet can literally hit anyone right mm-hmm. and you think it's to do with you but it really could it's a danger to everyone and anyone right it, yeah it, it could be your suicide it could be you taking revenge out and this guy is dating your wife now it could be something for protection because the bad guy's named jeff it could be anyone and that, maybe that's the point of that but he goes to the shooting range and he you know, the first time he shoots it, he kind of flinches and he's kind of uncomfortable and then the music kicks in and we get a montage of him emptying the clip He's even like he's shooting from behind his back. He's you know, he's he's doing like cop poses. He's doing all these things. He's playing like play, playing with it like a toy, which I guess kind of like parallels the ending with the kids who also play with it as a toy. Um, although he should know better because he's a goddamn adult. <laughs> and like you know, this idea that he's almost seduced by the 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 idea of the power of a gun, the idea that uh, that he he now has some strength and power. He's just been granted it. And he's kind of, I was, I don't quite say he's getting off on it here, but he's, he kind of gets succumbed to it. And right. from then on, he thinks he can do stuff with it. He thinks he can actually solve his problems with it. Uh, that's his friend. He gets attached to it. And it's very unhealthy, which is why the, the murkiness of it actually being useful at the end is kind of weird because everything before that point is definitely a negative spin. Everything before that point is definitely saying he has been unhealthy with how he is treating this gun, with how he is looking at it. That, that, if anything, this, this episode is more cri- critical of the inf- infatuation with guns rather than the, the existence of them in and of themselves. 
I think so. I, th- I yeah. think that's what it's trying to say. I mean, right from the beginning, uh, when he sees his his dead father, we get a shot of the the bullet on the ground and it has Otis's name on it. And we also find out that there's a note that his dad left and it just says, I love him more than you. And I couldn't help but think that maybe he also saw another bullet that said Jeff on it mm. and thought maybe that was he was destined to shoot his son if he didn't do something. Uh, maybe because uh, Jeff, the main character Jeff, that is not any of all Jeffs, mm-hmm. he, he, he even like contemplates the suicide note says, I love him more than you. Like, is he, am I the him or am I the you? Like, yeah, which I didn't really need him to say out loud because I was thinking that sure? too the yeah. entire well, time. That, that's just another, it's a smaller example, but it's another example of this show just spelling things out for us. Um, right. And yet somehow manages to be murky <laughs> in lots of places <laughs> at the same time. It's, it's really quite impressive. Just well, that's how... okay. I mean, and then later on he has that moment where he tells his wife is with the lawyer and him and uh, he's taking, the lawyer is taking everything away. He's taking the house, taking his belongings and he just says, fine, take it all, but you can't have the blue scorpion. I love it more than you or something mm. like that. And you're like, oh, it's like my precious. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, was the dad saying that to the gun? Like, I, like, or is, is he saying to his son, I love the gun more than you? <laughs> like, is, yeah. is, that, is that an option here? Yeah, it's still unclear. Um, yeah. I think because Otis did take his own life, like maybe he did see Jeff and maybe he, it was, you know, his son that he loved more. And decided to take it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mind the whole, like, everybody being named Jeff thing either. I thought that was actually pretty, a pretty cool storyline for it. That, yeah, I mean, this bullet is destined to take the life of somebody named Jeff. But it could literally be anybody. Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind it. Especially once, it, once he actually acknowledged it and started, like, freaking out about how ridiculous it was. Once he actually treated mm-hmm. it like it should be treated, it felt better to me i didn't feel like it was just this weird coincidental thing anymore it was like no that something weird is going on here like something bizarre is happening uh, yeah and yeah the, the the divorce stuff um and I, I guess it's like the idea that he feels small and weak because of the divorce he feels unwanted he feels like his life's collapsing the idea that he latches onto something that can't leave him is the kind of thing um, right, right he's also going through you know a huge mental breakdown at the you know <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's dad's... not mentally stable. Yeah, he dad's committed suicide probably as well. Have a gun. He's probably really depressed. He's been drinking like every night that he's alone. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of anger, and he does actually go to her house, and he's looking at you know her new lover named Jeff through the window with the new blue Jeff. scorpion in his hand. Yeah, new Jeff. Yes, we have new Jeff, Jeff, new Jeff, gun Jeff, uh, lawyer Jeff, lawyer Jeff, burglar Jeff. <laughs> guy on the phone named jeff yes yes we have all we have all these jeffs uh yeah. <laughs> um yeah I, it was hard not to feel kind of bad for him during the, the uh divorcing like or, or, i say divorcing the the the, the attorney scene you know where mm-hmm. they're, they're they're like they're there to divvy things up but it's, it feels like just her lawyer just saying okay we're taking all these things <laughs> yeah she seemed to not really care about him anymore like yeah. uh at that point yeah it was, um, it was, I just like I'm actually I don't know if we get enough of him to really sense this, but I'm like, did we have to get lawyers for this divorce? Like, I mean, obviously he he, he did seem to want to get therapy, that he did seem to want to 
uh, try and patch things up instead. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's just my 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 outlook on life. But I would feel like I would wait until there seems to be going to be a like a, an argument over who gets what before I say let's lawyer up. <laughs> Like, yeah. can we do this like civilized human being which is essentially what happens in the end even though the lawyer's still there after the whole incident happens and he's branded a hero in the paper for for stopping this 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 thief who's been going around and breaking into houses um he we see again we have a meeting with the, the lawyer and it's like oh hey everything's ended amicably uh she's conceded a lot of things that he's allowed to keep and it's just out of niceness and it's i, I guess it's the idea that like she was also being kind of petty with his belongings just because divorce and because you know and she's like hey his feelings are more important than me keeping his stupid bass guitar that means a lot to him that means nothing to me you know this yeah. is his dad's bass guitar that because his dad was a musician who played with you know famous bands and all sorts and um so yeah he's kind of he's branded like a, a town hero and you know his relationship gets better with his wife even though they're still going through a divorce he like she's letting him keep all the things like you said and even the school that he works for, he's a professor of anthropology and they're making him like head of the department just because he killed a man. <laughs> that was a bit I odd. don't know. That, that end seemed like the last like, I don't know, six minutes or so seemed I'm, a, a bit much to I'm me. not going to lie. And again, like we said, it does kind of murky up the, the message a bit. <laughs> yeah, because it's not just that the gun actually saved his life. It seems to improve every single aspect of his life after it's, uh, after it's used. Uh, yeah, which more like which is why now he wants to get rid of it, and which is why in that that chunk, right? See what it was getting a promotion because it felt so cheesy and happy. All these things were like happening for him. I mm -hmm. honestly thought it was going to cut back to the night where he shot the guy, and it was going. You know, it was like this is a fake out. Like none of this stuff is real. <laughs> this is all in his head, and it's because it's all too happy. It's all too perfect. Yeah, but, well, I knew something was going to happen, and they did the the angle with the kids instead, like. You know, it's going to be, it's two boys and the name at the end is Dylan on the bullet, which happens to be the name of one of the two kids. So, you know, it is telling you that this is not going to end well every time. <laughs> like it could be another guy named Dylan. I don't know, but it's probably going to be that kid. Yeah. I can't, I kind of hate the last 10 minutes. I can't, I kind of <laughs> hate how much it murkies up what it's, what it's saying. Because uh, I'd, I'd be fine with it saying... Like, no, here, like, it, occasionally a gun is, is a good thing for these reasons, right? I'd be fine with that Protection. message if that's what it was but saying. You see his wife, or is it, yeah, his wife, she's got a gun, and she says, I have it because I live alone now. Mm. And, you know, it, you can kind of see, like, the logic in that. Yeah. Oh, she's kind of lying. I mean, it seems like the new Jeff's already there pretty much all the time. I'm just, I'm pointing that out. Well, he wasn't there when he, you know, came in because she pulled the gun out on him. And if Jeff knew Jeff was there, she probably would have True. sent him down there to go investigate. True. You go first. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, I, it just the ending. The ending just doesn't feel succinct to me. If it, it feels like it's trying to make some kind of point that's like trying to not just land on one side. It's trying to give pros and cons. And like I say, and I, I think the way the way it succeeds in that is focusing more on the 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 fetish of the gun as opposed to any of the other things that's normally talked about when you're talking about gun control but mm -hmm. it kind of messes it up i think for his story by being such a just a deus ex machina to me i don't know like it just it feels like 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I just think that the uh, the episode still kind of works for the most part. I, I do think that the ending is murky, um, and there there are some other scenes I didn't like. I didn't care for the scene with the office and the girl that was in the office with him talking about how she's she can't keep her like clothes and her shoes separate. <laughs> Otherwise, she's afraid she'll they'll feel bad. Like I understand. I think it's just another example of um, the Twilight Zone just telling you that, telling you what's happening rather than you figuring things out on your own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think that saying guns want to be used or something like that? Like they want to be, they don't want to be forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah the whole like it, it's afraid of the dark thing i wasn't really sure how that really plays in other than he keeps a flashlight in the drawer i guess it just represents the the urge that a person has to want to use it so the idea to keep the, it out to keep yeah, looking at it yeah whereas the gun itself so the gun itself expresses that by having a fear of being alone so that, that, okay. i guess i guess that's what it's trying to say I don't know. yeah i mean if you have to keep it in in daylight then or in with a light on it, then you're, it's always on display. Yeah, you can't really hide it in a drawer. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I have to say, I, I still generally just didn't have a great time watching it. Like, <laughs> I, I still had this feeling, like you know, just the direction's just a little bit over the top. Uh, the you know, the, yeah. the, the general tone of it just feels a little bit off. Still, who's that guy who uh, that? That director that did the King speech and Les Miserables. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you're talking about. He, I'm trying to remember He his has name. like weird camera angles where, um, or shots where, where like the person's always like at the bottom of the screen or like a head is at the bottom of the screen and then showing you just a bunch of sky in the background. They did that a lot in this show too. I noticed it, especially in this episode. I don't really care for it that much. Like <laughs> it's not, it it looks like they're trying too hard, like they're just making something fancy rather than um mm. I tell a story. Uh, like it doesn't really have any significance. Are you supposed to make him feel smaller? Mr. I don't think so. I think it's just an unusual angle. Mr. Robot does that a lot, but Mr. Robot does a different thing where the pacing and the consistency of it. It just feels like part of the the, the basically the vocabulary of the show it's just it's how it speaks to you like there's so many shots in that yeah. that with where the headroom is just ridiculous and i'm annoyed because i just looked up the director of the king's speech and before i was typing it i was like i think it's tom hooper and then it loaded up and it's tom hooper so i wish i'd just said it <laughs> and, took, and took the point but no do you want to edit this part out so it looks like you got it right away <laughs> <laughs> i'll be i'll be honorable i'll be honorable i looked it up but just know that I actually thought of it before I got to it. Um, I yeah. believe you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it was better than the last one or two. Yeah. I'm not saying this is a, a new modern day classic or anything. I'm, it, it does help that I am comparing it to the last couple, who, which were uh, just terrible. So... Yeah. So Which is why I, I can't say it broke the streak. For, for me, the streak is... Un, un, unsullied because <laughs> I just I can't I, I just... wasn't it a streak of shit like can it be unsullied <laughs> it's a streak of shit and the, the, the shit sure it might, it might have thinned a little bit for this episode but it's still a streak <laughs> noted 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the next one will be would be better. Um, the finale. I think this one was better, but it's definitely not not as good as any of the the classic ones. Still. What? What? Uh, yeah, it was Seth Rogen and Zazie Beats. Yeah, Zazie Beats. And there's a a blurry man. Mm-hmm. That's that's the next one. That's what it looks like. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it could be. And it could be good. Admittedly, after nine failures, I'm a little <laughs> hesitant to 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 assume anything here. So we'll see. I don't think they're all failures. I think they're bad to all right. <laughs> okay, there's a couple of all right episodes. Yeah, but even the all right ones, like we said before, are still you know. There's still things in it where I'm just like, eh, I didn't really like that so much. Yeah, I, honestly, one of the biggest problems I think the show has is the, is the runtime. Like, see, get it down to like yeah, 30, too long. 30 minutes, 25 minutes, get it down to it. Cause, and, yeah, you really need to, when you need to trim the fat of an episode, then I think you have to really make sure your message is clear. Mm-hmm. And only include what is necessary instead of things that can muddy it up. And because one of the things we talked about in the last episode, and so so last week we talked about how Jordan's pill narration just feels like fluff; it doesn't say anything. And then we we review classic episodes of Twilight Zone every week as well. And we were recording the the, the next classic one between this episode and last episode. I was really paying attention to that Rod Serling narration at the start, and we spoke in that episode about how it actually offered a lot of valuable information. Sure, it's it's very. You know he 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 is very poetic in how he says things. Like he he does say things in a way that is really entertaining, but mm-hmm. there is actually information that's being conveyed that sets up the right. episode that doesn't just feel like. It, whereas nothing Jordan Peele said at the start at the end of this episode, I think added anything to it or made me understand it in a way or set up the theme so that I understood right away. Because I, I think one of the benefits of that is that, and that's you know how they work with a twenty-five minute runtime is you choose. What do we want the audience to learn and experience through the story? And what do we want to just tell them at the start and just get yeah. it out there so that they can understand it and go forward? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, usually he's setting up a character mm-hmm. or just the scenario. Like like you said, like, if we just, if Rod Sterling is there to, or Jordan Peele is there to, to give us the exposition that we need to know going into it, and then we can just watch the characters um, tell the story. Yeah, um, that would be so much better. <laughs> but he just, he just. And I, I, again, I don't blame Peel. I'm blaming the writer, whoever writes this this narration. Uh, it's just fluff. It means nothing. It's just a lot of fancy words that amount to blah 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 in the Twilight in Zone. In the Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. So. There you go. That, is, that has been episode 9, the penultimate episode of the Twilight Zone season 1. We'll be back next week with the finale. So let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. And I'll be nice to Tara and not make her do the, the plugging because she's a little under the weather. So uh, yeah. So I shall Thank do you. it. Uh, so you go to Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here. Uh, you can support us for as little as $1 per month. Keep the reviews coming. And for that $1, you get bonus reviews of certain things. You get bonus episodes, early stuff, all that jazz. Uh, so go and have a look-see. Um, I'll, I will still ask Tara, though. Uh, I mean, I'll do the, the actual wording if you want, but uh, what, what show would you like to promote that we also do? That we also do? Well, I meant we as a male first TV, but if you'd like to pick the other one you're on, you're more than welcome to do so. 
Yeah, if you like science fiction, uh, you should check out <laughs> our show, The Ace, The Atomic Cinema Experiment. It's our science fiction movie podcast. Um, we do classic films as well as newer ones. Just check it out. It took you being kind of sick to nail the title of the podcast. <laughs> She always hesitates. She always hesitates with with the last words. Like, atomic cinema experiment <laughs> experience. Atomic <laughs> cinema. I can't think of another word. Me, but like seriously, it's just every time. So she nailed it. So is this a fluke because she's kind of sick, or is this just the dawn of a new confident Tara maybe, era? Yeah, maybe I'm just there. Maybe I'm just ready. A terror, if you if you will. Uh, so thank you very much for watching or <laughs> listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys, in the Twilight Zone. <laughs>